Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pop Animated Comics Lounge, where I have with me voice actor Derek Steven Prince, who has voiced so many characters that people know, including Pidgeymon, Ken, Vimon from the Digimon series, and Kitaro from Love Hina, as well as Shino from Naruto and the lovable Guts from Kill a Kill, to name a few. So thank you for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you, Andrew, for having me. It's a pleasure to have you because I'm a big fan and I know a lot of other people are as well. So I'm very curious. You've been voice acting for over 23 years. How did you initially get involved in the industry? Not by choice, actually. Well, actually, it was by choice, but I never intended to be a voiceover actor. Going back a couple of years before I even did my first show, I came back out to California. California is where I grew up. But I came back out to California because I wasn't having as many opportunities as I would have hoped in New York, which is where I was stationed at the time. I thought, you know, I might give it a go by going back to California. Did mostly on-camera stuff for a couple of TV shows and a movie. And then when things were kind of quiet, I just happened to take a class from voiceover actor Bob Bergen. Most of you guys probably know him if you ever watch any of the Warner Brothers cartoons. He plays Porky Pig and Tweety Bird. At the time, when he was doing his class, was also in his very last anime, which was Eagle Riders, going way, way, way back. And so he did this intro class to voiceovers. I took it and got interested in wanting to learn more. And he said, based on the work that I did when I was just reading off of a script, which everybody did for the class, he thought that I had been doing it for a while. He said, you know, it sounds like you know what you're doing and you've got a good way to be able to read scripts. And you continue to take classes and meet people that are in the industry. He said, you'll probably be able to do a lot of stuff. So I took his advice. I took classes from him. I took classes from a bunch of other people and put together a demo reel, which is basically a voiceover actor's business resume. It's our way of sharing with people who don't know about us what we do and what we sound like so that we can potentially get hired. So I had my demo and was not literally knocking on doors, virtually knocking on doors by calling different production companies and asking if they would be interested in meeting me or possibly just using me for a show. And I probably called on every single major studio that was doing something in animation at the time. I called Warner Brothers, I did Universal Studios, I did Amblin, I did everybody. And basically got the door slammed in my face every single time. Everybody already had the people that they used for voiceovers, and they said, you know what, thank you, but I'm not really interested. And I was just going through the ropes one day, just making my calls, going through the list. Saban happened to have a full-page ad in the place where I was making all my calls from. And so I called it, thinking this is just another one of those no's that I'm going to get. And the woman who was on the other end of the phone, who was secretary for the voice caster, went through my spiel, you know, saying, hey, I'm Derek Steve Prince. I want to see if it's okay for me to send you a demo in case you guys might be using it for any of your upcoming projects and you can kind of keep me in mind. Then there was this pause for about maybe like, 15 seconds, but it seemed like an eternity. And I didn't hear anything from her. And I said, um, and me thinking, you know, she probably just already hung up the phone and she didn't want to be nice about it. But I said, hey, are you still there? And she goes, yeah, hang on a second. I'm just looking at my calendar. Okay. And she said, so I'll just throw out a day there because I don't remember what day it was. But next Thursday, what are you doing around two o'clock? And I'm going, um, I don't know why. And she goes, well, I'm wondering if you'd like to come in and audition for a show that we're currently casting for. And I'm going, are you serious? Like, you just want me to come in? Like, you don't need my demo? She laughed and she said, no, I don't need to hear your demo. I hear your voice. I know what you sound like. And I've never auditioned for anything voiceover-wise 
up until this particular time. And I was totally free. But I said, sure, of course, I'll come in. And, of course, I was auditioning against a whole huge amount of people for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Zeo. And went through the audition, didn't think anything would ever happen or become of it. And I got a call in a couple weeks, and they said, yeah, you got cast for this particular role, and when can you come in? That's basically where it just started from. I think the character was only in two or three episodes. His name was Oryx the Conqueror. And from that, I met a whole bunch of people that happened to also do stuff for anime. So I met people like Michael Sorich and Wendy Lee and Kirk Thornton. And those were the major ones. And then because of the work that I had done on the show, they also kept me in mind for when they did Power Rangers Turbo. And those of you who remember the Power Rangers series that far back, Turbo came out before the series came out, and it was the movie, and I got cast as Elgar, and Elgar was one of the few characters that actually happened to be in both Power Rangers Turbo as well as Power Rangers in Space, which was sequel to Power Rangers Turbo in a way. And from that, word spread that he does his work, he goes in, he does his lines, he goes out, saves his time, he saves his money, let's keep him in mind for other stuff, and that's kind of where it all began with the Power Rangers stuff, which led to a whole bunch of other things. So Akira, the movie, the whole... Digimon franchise. The company that did Digimon, which was Saban, they also had this other one. I don't even know if it's available. I've heard from one attendee at a convention that I went to that they were able to get a copy of it. I would die to get a copy of this. But Super Pig was a show that I worked on about an alien pig who comes down to Earth. It's kind of like this cute thing, but doesn't know anything about the human race and then learns about them. But then Digimon and a whole slew of other stuff after that for Saban. And that's basically just led to everything else that you guys probably all know that I've worked on. And now you were coming into Power Rangers. You worked on so many different parts of that, seasons and the movie. Did you know how big it would become? No, I had no idea at all. At that time, Power Rangers was already a thing. All the kids that were watching Fox knew about Power Rangers. I had no clue. I rarely watched television back then, and I was clueless. No idea. And now Power Rangers is a unique show because it is live action and there are voice components to it. How did that affect you going in to record? It didn't really affect me in a negative way. It was great that they needed people like us to be able to revoice what some of the actors who were in the bodysuits had to do. Because when you're in a bodysuit, if you're talking, nobody's going to be able to hear you because you've got a mask on. Or if you are talking, they have to redo it because nobody can understand what you're saying. Very similar to a movie that I did for, if any of you guys know, Scary Movie 3. Go back and rewatch it. I was one of the two aliens that was in the movie along with Tom Kenny, who plays SpongeBob. And that was a fun project to work on. It didn't really negatively affect anything that we were doing. If anything, it just gave us voiceover actors more opportunities to be able to work. And now Power Rangers was your first job at voice acting. What did you learn from your time on Power Rangers that you took with you throughout your career? I'm actually really glad I started. I can't say I'm really glad I started where I started because when I started, the voiceover actors today, like Max Middleman, they have no idea what we went through when we were recording because recording by today's standards very different from when we were recording back then. Back then, I'll give you basically the breakdown is that when you're recording, and this is the same for whether you're doing something on camera or not on camera, but live like Power Rangers, or whether you're doing something for anime, basically there's these three beeps that you hear in your headphones. 
And then the fourth beep, which is a silent beep, is when you're supposed to come in and start saying your line. That's how an actor would know that they're supposed to start speaking. Well, I came into the time when the old system of recording was starting to die out before the beeps came in. So I got both worlds. And when I started, there were no beeps at all. Basically, the script was down there. You had your line, and then there's the time code next to your line, which tells you exactly by the frame of the show that you're working on. So even smaller than a second, we're just talking about a frame of space, when you're supposed to come in and start talking, and you have to remember what that time code is, and just start talking as soon as you see the time code. And if you don't, if you're a couple of frames off, then they have to go back and they have to re-record it until you get it exactly so it's back to mouth flap. It was extremely more challenging than it is now. So when I started, that's how it was. Then the three beeps came in. Then they got some more modernized editing equipment, power tools, which is what they use now to be able to stretch out by a couple of seconds or elongate what somebody's saying if it's too short, if it doesn't quite fit within the frame of time that character's supposed to be speaking. And now, obviously, Power Rangers is run by Saban, and then you've got a lot of other opportunities with them. And one of your first anime roles was Super Pig, which I do want to talk about. So what exactly is the story behind Super Pig and how did that role come about? I'm trying to remember who is directing that. I'm not sure. It may have been Wendy Lee. I'm not positive. When I go in and I'm recording, especially if I'm with other people that are also working in the industry, I do my best to try and just be as pleasant as I possibly can and not make waves with anybody, even though I might have a problem with them because you never know who you're going to get hired by. And so my goal, whenever I went in and record, I'm not a schmoozer. I don't talk for 15 minutes and then start recording like some people I know. I just go in. I do my job. I know that time is money for the producers who are recording it. They've got to fit a certain amount of recording in a certain period of time. And if I can help make that better for them, and I'm thinking of it in that respect, not necessarily as a voiceover actor, but thinking of it as a business, then I'm just making everybody's life easier. And people appreciate that. So I think that carried over when we're having auditions for Super Pig. And so I was one of the actors that they considered to do that. Now, I tend to be a little outside of the box when it comes to certain characters that don't have anything in terms of a description other than this is an alien pig from outer space who comes to Earth, whatever description may have been in the description for the character. Now, have you seen Super Pig? I've seen pieces of it. You've seen pieces of it. Okay. In the English version? The Japanese version. Only in the Japanese version. Okay. And like I said, the English dubbed version is very hard to get, but I don't know why this came into my head as just something to throw out there and make myself stand apart from all the other actors that were auditioning. But my intention, and it wasn't to offend anybody necessarily, when I did the audition was to have a Hispanic accent. And they loved it. That's why I got the role. Because when I was talking like this, to tell you super big talk. Just a very cute Hispanic pink pig. And I got to work with Julie Madalena on that. I think I had met her previously when we were doing Power Rangers. But stuff like that from way back, I think that series was recorded maybe 15 or 17 years ago. But because of when I did get to see her and we would cross paths, because we never all recorded at the same time. It was all at different times. But she remembered me from that. And that helped with some other projects that she was working on later where she was actually directing. And she brought me in for stuff. It was a cute show. I wish there was a way to find it in the dubbed English version. I would grab a copy of that ASAP. 
And now, I hate to leave Super Pig, but I do want to talk about etiquette in the booth and working with people. How important, just a quick piece of advice for anybody who wants to be a voice actor, how important is it to be pleasant and to be responsible when you're voice acting? Voice acting is not that much different from any other job. It really isn't. If you are doing your best to just be pleasant and get along with people, and not necessarily cause waves and you go in and you have the mindset of the people who hired you what is it that they're looking for what are they trying to accomplish in this two-hour period then it shows and they're going to spread the news in terms of your work ethic and what you do in there i've always been that way though even before i was voice acting you know, i never know who i might get hired by so i'm always trying to do my best to just be pleasant and friendly and just do the work that I'm supposed to do. And I was obviously hired for a reason. People recognize the work that I do and they want to be able to use me for that particular project. So hopefully it carries over and it shows. I think it does. Now I want to talk about what everybody wants to talk about, which is Digimon. What is the story, how you became involved with this franchise, starting with the first series? Digimon, as you may remember, even though it was put out by Fox, was produced through Saban. So the work that I had already done with them through Power Rangers, Super Pig, through all the other stuff that I had done, carried over into at least considering me for the first season in terms of some of the stuff that I did in the first show. I don't remember because it's so long ago, but I believe the way that it happened was I may have been considered for one or two of the roles, and then I saw all of the roles that were out on the table, and they had a picture of the character and a description. I looked at all of them, and I thought, I might want to try out for a couple of other stuff. I don't know if I'm remembering that 100% correct. I know that that was definitely the case for season two, but I can't remember quite for season one if that's the exact same way that they did it. But what I do know is that because of the work that I already done, it carried over in terms of them at least considering me for season one. And I was lucky enough to be three of the characters that were in there. For those of you who know it, I was Digitamamon, who was the walking egg. I was Demi Devimon, who was the bat. And then Piedmon, who was one of the Dark Masters. And it was fun. And because of my work on that, when they did season two, they considered me only for the role of Demon. They were not considering me for any other role. That's what they wanted to bring me in for. I saw that the roles were available for the other characters, and I made a choice to say, hey, I would really like to audition for the Digimon Emperor. They kind of shrugged it off. They said, yeah, okay, I guess if you want to do that, but you do understand that's not what you're here for. You're here because we want to hear what you sound like as Demon. And I'm glad I did, obviously, because if I never did that, then I wouldn't have been Ken. And then that just tailed into season three, where I also auditioned for Impmon and Beelzemon. And sometimes they have the same actor play the evolved version of the Digimon. Sometimes they get a new person, like they did with Vimon, as you know. Even though I did most of the voice for different forms of Vimon, Steve Bloom still did Plangermon. But I was lucky that for both season two and season three, I did most of the evolutions myself as the same actor. And in season four, I was just asked to be one of the characters. I didn't have to audition for that. I was Grumblemon for that one. Season five, that was the alternate digital world. I didn't do anything for that. And then season six, when Digimon Fusion came out, they had me audition for Jeremy, which I got. And I was asked to come 
come in for season seven and do Zayozaman. And coming into the first season, did you ever expect how big it would become and how much fans would just love the franchise as a whole? None of us had any idea. Those of us who auditioned for the first season knew that we were already up against another show that was pretty much the same thing. Pokemon had been out for at least two or three years. So we thought, well, why is anybody going to want to watch this? And I think one of the reasons why, as you all probably know, is that the creatures don't talk in Pokemon. They don't have their own storyline. They don't have any evolution. They come out of the Pokeballs, then they fight, and then they go back. So this was a new concept, and obviously fans caught on to that, and I think that's probably why it worked, even after all these years. And now you've been in the Digimon movies, you've also been in the Digimon video games. How do these projects differ from working in the animes, and do you prefer one over the other? Anything that I get hired for, I'm, I'm thankful for. So I don't prefer one over the other necessarily. I'm glad that I was just hired to do what I was hired to do. And now, obviously, after Digimon, I mean, you've done so many other roles, but one of the roles that I want to talk about is Naruto as Shino. What is the story behind this and you coming into one of the big three animes? I had no idea as well, Naruto, how big the show was. I came into it after a lot of the recording started already. As you know, Shino doesn't appear until the tune-in exams. But I actually was not the first actor to play Shino. Sam Regal was initially cast as Shino Abarame. And the only reason why I was brought in to do it was because in that particular episode, the fighter that he fights against, Sam didn't sound different enough in his voice. So Mary Elizabeth, who was directing at the time, said, why don't we just keep you as the other actor? We'll have somebody else come in and voice Shino. And nobody knew how big Shino was. So she said, yeah, you know, it's going to be one of those fly-by-night roles. So Mary just brought me in. I didn't even audition for that. She just brought me in to come in and do it. And here we are now, what, 10 years later, still recording. I think I just finished recording episode 638. But it's been amazing. I never thought that Shino would be as big as he became. But there you go. And now Shino's had a few episodes that focused in on him. Where are those like, where you get a little bit of a spotlight for a few episodes? I'm glad. He's not one of those major character. He's one of the characters that comes in every so often. So I'm glad when he has more to do and more to say. There was one episode I did, I remember, where there was a flashback before the tune-in exams when he first started out and he was learning his powers, trying to help another person. But it's nice when stuff like that happens because he doesn't talk a lot. But I am thankful for this. The voiceover actor, very few times when you actually see Shino's mouth, like lip flap wise. So it's really easy when I go in there and record because you don't have to really watch his mouth flap. You just say the word and you're done. And now the other role is Bleach as your Yiyu. How did that role come about? That is an interesting story. So I auditioned for that. And when I auditioned for it, a lot of other people were also up for the role as well. But basically, after I auditioned for it, probably a month or maybe a month and a half went by, and I didn't hear anything. So I just figured I didn't get cast. And I had heard from other people, like Johnny, who was already hired, that it's moving forward. And people were telling me that I was Udiu before I even heard from the production team that I was Udiu. He said, hey, your Udiu is coming up, I guess. And I'm going, dude, this is news to me because it's the first time I'm hearing about it. So it was very odd way 
of finding out about the role because usually not the way that I'd go about hearing that I actually got cast for something. I heard it from the actors before I heard it from the production team. And now Bleach was another one of the big three. Were you aware of how big Bleach was? Bleach is one of those shows that I never got caught up in. I wasn't even aware how big it would become. But once again, as an actor, I'm just grateful that I get to work anything. So the fact that I was involved in another big show was just, wow, this is really cool. And I'm, I'm just fortunate enough that I actually get to be a part of it. And now, how do you feel about your work on Naruto and Bleach and really being part of established shows? I'm glad that the Japanese decided to make as many episodes of Naruto as they did. <laughs> I mean, like, going forever. And now continuing after Shippuden is over, as you probably know, Boruto is going to come into play and continue that franchise. And if they actually bring it to America, I've already talked to the production company in terms of possibility of bringing me back as Chino, because in Boruto, he's one of the teachers. So we'll see what happens. I'm just really thankful that I get to record it all. And now we didn't cover nearly all your career, but we're kind of pressed for time here. But I have a few more questions. Currently, where are you when we're doing this interview? Because I think it's really interesting. I am at KatsuniCon in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So we're kind of doing a cool interview where we're speaking on a phone for those who aren't aware. And he's at a convention. I'm sitting in my bedroom. So it's very cool. So I appreciate that. And before we go, I was wondering if you have any advice for people who want to get into voice acting and i'm sure you get that question asked a lot i do it's also a panel that i do as well but i would say if anybody's seriously interested in wanting to get into this as a career as a profession people do it because they watch shows and they say hey you know what i think i'd be doing that too and if that is something that you want to do but the reality of the situation is is people who get hired to do what we do are in major cities they're in chicago they're in austin they're in los angeles they're in new york if you're not in those cities where you could potentially get hired, you could want to do it as much as you want to do it, but it's not really going to evolve into anything. And you also have to take classes from people that are working in the profession, not some people that have never recorded something in the last six months. Take improv classes. Those are great help if there's some place nearby where you can actually take an improv class because the amount of times that we as voiceover actors are asked when we go to auditions, hey, that was great. Can you do it another way for me? If you can't think of something right off the bat, then that kind of limits you in terms of what you could potentially get hired for. Whereas somebody who is able to think on their feet is going to be able to probably give the producers what they're looking for. And I would love to have you on possibly for season three because we didn't cover nearly half of your career. But I would also like to give you an opportunity as we're about to go. Do you have anything you'd like to promote? Facebook, Twitter, website, what shows you're currently in, what cons you're going to? So if you guys are interested in following some of the stuff that I do and knowing what's going to be coming out, I do have a Facebook page. It's my full name, Dara Stephen Prince. So D-E-R-E-K, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E. Then there's a space, then there's a dash or a hyphen, and then there's another space, and then voice actor. If you type that in in your search box in Facebook, you'll be able to find my page. If you like the page, then you will be able to follow everything that I'm announcing, either that I'm currently working on or will be working on if I'm allowed to talk about it. Two things that I have mentioned recently about that have happened on Facebook. One is for those of you who like JoJo, the JoJo series, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. I'm going to be in the next season of that, which is Stardust Crusaders, where I will be playing Iggy the Boston Terrier. And I'm also really happy to announce, not sure why they decided to do it differently this year, but Tsunami, who is responsible for Dragon Ball, they split cast for this year so that the Funimation cast does 
the USA version, the one that will show in the United States, but they also hired a cast from Los Angeles, and that cast is specifically recording the same Dragon Ball Super, but for the Southeast Asia audience. For that specific venue in that specific area, I was hired to play Frieza. That's probably the most updated information I've got. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while we wait for next week's episode, definitely check us out at popanimecomics.com. Follow us on Twitter at popanimecomics. Check us out on Facebook, popanimecomics. And we do currently have a Patreon up and running. It's popanimecomics. Every dollar helps to keep this podcast up and going and continuously delivering you great episodes. So please consider supporting us there. And if you can, I understand, but definitely write us a review on iTunes as it helps to let other people know that we are out there and we are delivering fantastic interviews every single week. And until next week, everybody have a wonderful week.